Part One The Autobiography First Gear I was born a poor black child. Ha! I always wished I could start my autobiography that way. That has got to be one of the funniest openings from any movie in history. I suppose you want to hear the story of my own upbringing instead of a fictional one written by Steve Martin. But if you watch the show, you already know that I'm a fan of all sorts of great flicks from the 70s and 80s. Steve Martin's The Jerk holds a place right up there with the likes of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, American Graffiti, and of course, Smokey and the Bandit the king of the revved-up, car-centric films that rolled into theaters back when I was a kid. I'll never forget what it felt like to sit in a movie theater and watch that black Trans Am tear up the streets. All I kept thinking was, I gotta get me some of that. Well, the story of my childhood might not be quite as riveting as some fast-moving Hollywood film, but I think it will give you a peek at where the earliest seeds of the gas monkey empire were first planted. So here goes. I was born in Fort Worth, Texas, in the infamous All-American year of 1969. Blame it on the free love era, or something like that, but I was basically the product of too young a mother and too young a dad, a situation that led to a bit of a rough patch in my early years. My mom left us when I was two years old. My dad got stuck quitting high school in order to raise me and my older sister, Daphne. You recognize Daphne from the show. She's my chief accountant and all-around ball buster these days and has been pretty much from the start. The thing is, my dad should have been out there living it up and having a good time like other young dudes in the 1970s. The first apartment we all lived in was like some swinging bachelor pad, complete with shag carpet and fishing nets hanging from the ceiling. A bunch of liquor bottles filled with colored water on the windowsill were the fanciest decorations we had. He quickly found that raising two kids put a major damper on his bachelorhood, though, and he was forced to straighten up his act real quick. The truly amazing and inspirational thing to me is that he did. He grew up fast. He put us first. He started working to support the three of us, and when I say work, I mean work. There's not a time I can remember before I was old enough to leave the house when my dad wasn't holding down two or even three jobs at once to pay the bills, and put a decent roof over our heads. His primary job was down at the big local grocery store where he landed a job as the produce manager. My sister and I would go down there with him on Saturdays and hang out at the store all day long because there was nowhere else for us to go. The job I remember most, though, was the one he took delivering newspapers. I remember it because I had to work that job with him. From the time I was about seven until I was probably 17, my dad would wake me up at three or four in the morning every day. He would put me in the back seat of his car surrounded by stacks and stacks of newspapers that needed delivering, and my job would be to roll them all up one by one. I would roll the newspapers for him and put them in the front seat, and he would throw them out the windows to all the houses. We'd get done with that at about 5 or 6 in the morning, and I'd be able to lie down for 30 minutes to an hour before I had to get up and go to school while Dad went off to spend his day tending to lettuce, tomatoes, and, I suspect, the occasional lady shopper. I didn't have one of those PTA-type moms dropping me off at the front door of school every day either. My dad remarried, so we had a mother figure at home. She just wasn't the type of woman who'd baby us. 
Daphne and I both had to walk to the bus stop no matter what the weather was and then ride on one of those rickety yellow buses full of screaming kids. Then I had to race home from the bus stop at 3.30 when I got out of school because back then there was a morning paper and an evening paper. So my dad and I had a paper route to get to in the afternoon, too. I wasn't able to go play with my friends or start my homework or anything until about 6 o'clock when our work was finished. I suppose there's no question where I get my work ethic. It's from watching my dad. But I think that really led to another driving force in my life, too. I knew that I never wanted to have to work to the bone like he did just to make ends meet. I'm not afraid of hard work. Don't get me wrong, I really, really respected my dad for doing it. But I didn't want to spend my whole life working just to pay the bills and never really get ahead. My dad didn't want that life for me either. The three strongest principles he demanded of me were to be respectful of my elders, to be respectful of my family, and to work hard. Most of all, I think he instilled in me that he didn't want me to have to work that hard. He thought school was important, and he thought that getting a good job with good benefits was important. I think he felt that he wasn't able to do that because he didn't graduate high school, so he insisted that Daphne and I stay in school and strive for something better. I wouldn't say we were on the super poor side, but despite all of his hard work, we grew up kind of below average. We rarely had anything extra. He couldn't go out and buy us the latest toys and electronics when they first came out. We couldn't go out to nice restaurants or buy the nicest clothes. We were lucky to have what we had. And the biggest thing we had is what I would consider a normal house with three bedrooms and two bathrooms in a lower to middle class Fort Worth neighborhood. My dad took real pride in absolutely every part of it, too.